There are a lot of expectations for Rafael Devers heading into the 2024 season, but will he be able to live up to those expectations? Find out on today's Locked on Red Sox. You are Locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast. And I am here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed for free. And honestly, who doesn't love free, right? Might as well check it out. So tune in to Locked On Red Sox to start your day off the right way. Locked On is your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Hello and welcome back to the show. Happy Monday. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Hope you had a great Super Bowl Sunday. I know for me it was a great time. Got to have some friends over, hang out with them, catch up with friends I hadn't seen in a while. So that was nice. We had lots of delicious food here. Pizza, wings. My friend brought a buffalo chicken dip. We had some good soft pretzels. And we have a ton of leftover desserts here. So we're going to have a lot of food for a while now to eat, but that is definitely not a bad thing. It was a great time, great game. I really thought at one point we were going to end up getting double overtime there. So that would have been interesting to see, but it was a great time. I thought Usher did a fantastic job with the halftime performance. I loved the guests he brought in. So it was a great time overall and Great way to turn the chapter on football and turn the page to baseball season. It's almost here. Isn't that exciting? After the Super Bowl ends is when I always feel like, okay, we really are close to baseball now. And we actually are 45 days away from opening day. So I'll be diving into a little bit later in the episode what that represents for Boston. But before that, the Red Sox have made some moves this offseason, but not enough to the point where it makes them a competitive roster unless a lot of things go right for the team. And one player that's really going to be in the heart of all of that is Rafael Devers. Now, we saw him have a 2023 season in which he hit 33 home runs with 157 total hits over 580 at-bats. He finished with a 271 batting average, 90 runs, 100 RBIs, and five stolen bases. He had an on-base percentage of 351 and a slugging percentage of 500. That's pretty good overall. People tend to look at somebody's batting average and use that as the only way to tell the story for how somebody performed at the plate. But Then you look at the fact that he was in the 100 RBI club and also hit 33 home runs. That's really solid. That's really all you can ask for from your star 
hitter on your team. And Raphael Devers is that star player, the face of the franchise now. After signing that massive extension, it's been pretty clear that he's the player the Red Sox want to build around. I mean, he's a two-time All-Star and two-time Silver Slugger also, so he definitely deserves to have that recognition by the Red Sox. So... Going into the 2023 season, I was hoping for a lot from him. He did have some days where he just couldn't figure it out at the plate, and that happened a little bit more than I would have liked for it to happen. So I'd like to see some more consistency from him heading into 2024. But he had a really good season overall. If you can look back on your season and say you hit 33 home runs and recorded 100 RBIs, There's absolutely no shame in having that season. Now, when I look at kind of his numbers from 2023, there are definitely some things that I'd like to see him do a little bit more of in 2024. Like his strikeout percentage was 19.2% in 2023. And for a hitter like him who hits for power, you are going to get the strikeouts. So I think if he changes his plate approach a little bit more, to not trying to be a hero every time he comes up to the plate with runners on base and he looks more to make contact and find a way to put the ball in play so that he can drive in a run and he has more of that mentality, that's what's going to make him a better hitter because that really stands out to me as something that he could improve on a little bit. He's not a super heavy strikeout hitter. If you look at some other hitters around the league, like John Carlos Stanton, who strikes out quite a bit, Raphael Devers is not so much in that category, but he definitely can decrease the strikeout percentage a little bit by not always looking for the home run ball. I do feel like sometimes when we're watching him at the plate, he tends to look more for what he can hit a home run with, what type of pitch is going to be best set up for him to go deep as opposed to just trying to make contact. And I think from Devers' standpoint, There was a lot of pressure on him in 2023 to make that big play, to hit that home run and be seen as the quote-unquote hero for a lot of the season now that he's the face of the franchise. But I'm hoping that since he has a year under his belt of having just signed that big contract and being looked at as the guy, now hopefully he's more used to handling that pressure of being that guy and he can get back to playing more of his style of baseball because when he would go through short slumps during the 2023 season, I felt like, why is this happening? Why is Devers in the mode where he's not really putting up the numbers we need him to put up or why is he struggling right now and a lot of me pointed to the mental aspect of he's not used to having this much pressure on him right now because he was always playing alongside guys like Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, JD Martinez, guys who were more equipped to be that true face of the franchise, that number one guy And now he is that guy, and he has so much potential for the rest of his career because he's still so young, and he knows that there's a lot left in the tank for him and a lot that the Red Sox expect from him. So I'm hoping that he can now utilize that mindset as more of a fuel to continue to increase and improve his performances 
more so than using it as a way to say I have to be a hero all the time because that's not the case. You can play small ball and be very effective. And he knows that because he recorded 100 RBIs. So he wasn't always knocking in runs by the home run. And that's promising to see. But when he's striking out, it seemed like a lot of times to me it was because he lacked that mindset of, I don't need to hit a home run right now. His walk percentage in 2023 was 9.5%. So he wasn't walking a ton, but he is willing to take his walks when needed. I mean, he generally has not been a walk-heavy hitter. However, I will say he did take more walks in 2023 than he has throughout his career before that. His 2022 walk percentage was 8.1%. So he did take significantly more walks in the 2023 season. That's promising for his plate discipline. It shows that he's willing to be patient if the right pitch isn't there in the at-bat. I mean, in 2020, he only had a 5.2% walk percentage, and he struck out 27% of the time. So his plate discipline overall has increased since then, and that's something to note from him when we head into this 2024 season is as he's grown and developed as a baseball player, he's been able to recognize more what he should and shouldn't be doing. And that comes naturally with any good baseball player. They're going to be able to adapt over time. So what does this all mean for 2024? I'm hoping for a big season from him. We need him to be that guy in the lineup that regularly produces because You have Tristan Casas, who probably is going to have a big season again. You have Jaron Duran, who, if he's still here, by the way, because there's rumors they might trade him, who may have another big season, but we don't know that for sure. Trevor Story needs a bounce back year. Tyler O'Neill, who knows if he can stay healthy. And then you have Yoshida, who has the chance to really have a good second season in the league as well. But... The list kind of goes on. There's a lot of guys who are tentative. Can they perform well? I mean, Vaughn Grissom, I'm excited to see what he can do, but we don't know how he's going to perform in a Red Sox uniform. So there's a lot of guys who are question marks right now. We haven't seen enough of Willie or Abreu yet to know how he's going to be. Or Sadon Rafaela. Rafael Devers is the sure thing. He's that go-to guy in the Red Sox lineup that needs to produce regularly. And I do think he will and can do it. My question is just more that mental aspect of taking away less of the process of playing hero ball and more just being Rafael Devers, taking a deep breath and saying, what can I do to put my team in the best possible position to succeed right now during this at-bat? If he does that, then he will be able to be that guy. I'm expecting a big season from Devers, all-star caliber season in 2024. He'll be the go-to guy in the Red Sox lineup that you want at the plate in crunch time when there are runners on base and you need somebody to come in and get that big hit. I think that will be Devers. So look for a big season from him. I'm excited to see what happens. And coming up, The Red Sox made a small move the other day. What does it mean for Boston? I'll be touching on that. Do you like sports betting? I mean, my fiance loves it, and 
He had a great time betting on the Super Bowl last night until he ended up cashing out a little bit too early. But that's just the risk with sports betting, and that's what makes it fun. And FanDuel can make it as much fun as possible for you. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. FanDuel is so much fun. If you're looking for the opportunity to win a lot of money, it's the place for you. Also, you should subscribe to Locked On Sports today on YouTube because we've actually launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And what's exciting about it now is you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV or subscribe on YouTube. You won't be disappointed. You can get caught up in all things sports. So do that today. When thinking more about the fact that spring training is in a couple weeks and opening day is really right around the corner, the Red Sox continue to make some small moves to enhance their depth. I've been utilizing and saying the word depth quite a bit this offseason. It really is telling to how the Red Sox have seemed to view this offseason so far. And one of these minor moves that they just made the other day was they agreed to a deal with pitcher Lucas Letke. And the way that we found out was a little strange because we found out via a post that he made on his Instagram page saying that he was signing with the Red Sox. Nobody really reported it. It came from him directly. So that was definitely something new. But there are concerns with him. He did not pitch well in 2023. He had a 724 earned run average over 12 games pitched. So he really didn't pitch a lot. The biggest concern is that the last few years, he's absolutely been plagued with injuries. He struck out 14 batters last year. So he does get those swings and misses. But he can't seem to be able to always stay healthy. He was playing with the Yankees and was an affable bullpen arm from 2021 to 2022, but then was traded to the Braves and it kind of backfired on Atlanta because he was injured a lot and still didn't pitch well. But prior to signing a deal to go to the Yankees, he hadn't pitched in the big league since 2015 due to poor performance and also the injuries. The Yankees end up taking a gamble on him, knowing he hadn't even thrown since 2019. He ended up being pretty good overall with the Yanks, logged a 271 earned run average in 107 games. And then when he got traded to the Braves for a couple prospects, that's when things kind of fell apart for him. So my main concern with him is, is he going to be able to be healthy? Is he the type of pitcher that's going to be able to come and contribute? He's going to be 37 next month. He made his MLB debut back in 2012 as a member of the Mariners. He pitched a right during his rookie season, not the best, but okay. 
He posted a roughly league average 398 earned run average while striking out 21.3% of batters faced. He also generated ground balls at about a 46.9% rate. His overall performance, though, just got dragged down because he had a lot of control issues. He ended up walking about 13.5% of all batters faced during his first season in the majors. He then spent the next three seasons shifting between AAA and the majors for the Mariners, pitching to a 466 earned run average in 48 major league appearances while managing a slightly stronger 421 ERA across 94 appearances in the minors. Then he was outrighted to the minors in late 2015, where he elected free agency after that, but didn't return to the majors until 2021 when he was with the Yankees. So he's had some gaps in his career. That best part of his career truly was that two-season stint with the Yankees, but he just couldn't sustain what he was doing there. He only lasted a very short period of time with the Braves on their active roster. He allowed 11 runs in nine and two thirds innings of work during his first nine outings with the team. He then was outrighted to AAA and returned to the big league club after the all-star break, where he pitched four scoreless innings across three appearances down the stretch So the Red Sox signed a guy who, to me, lacks consistency. That's something that really stands out to me about him is, is he consistent enough to the point where he can sustain a competitive level of success in Boston? That's one thing that concerns me about bringing in a guy like this who has not really had a lot of good performances now maybe he performed well in the Bronx because it was a good environment for him environment is huge for a lot of these players so the question for me is is that the reason why he performed well there or did he happen to just have his best days there my guess with the Red Sox is this is nothing more than a minor league deal a guy who will pitch in AAA they can see how he performs if he happens to perform well then maybe he gets called up and gets a chance at the major league level to prove himself and show his talent and show that he can contribute. But I don't think the Red Sox are necessarily banking on him being an active member of the pitching staff because it would have been talked about a lot more among the Red Sox front office if he was the type of pitcher the Red Sox saw a lot of upside with. Maybe it's the type of pitcher they wanted to take a chance on because they felt like he had some value. Maybe they saw something in him when he was in Atlanta that they could work with and fix to eventually get him to contribute in a positive manner at the major league level. Or maybe they simply just signed him because they felt like they needed more pitching depth at AAA. Whatever the reason is, I wouldn't read too heavily into it. I don't think that he's a guy that they're planning on being in the mix for that fifth spot in the Red Sox rotation because that spot is still up in the air right now. I think it is still going to come down to guys like Josh Winkowski, Garrett Whitlock, Tanner Houck. Those are the types of guys to me that very much will still be fighting for that fifth spot in the rotation. I think this is more of a, again, I'm going to use the word depth because that's the theme of the Red Sox offseason, move in order to feel like the Red Sox have a more complete 
pitching staff at the AAA level. And if he were to go into Worcester and pitch very well, then yes, maybe the Red Sox do eventually call him up and he's used if there's an injury to a pitcher or if they just feel like he has more potential than somebody who's already in the rotation. There's going to be a lot of trial and error here during spring training with a lot of these guys. I don't think some of these guys' roster spots are secured. I think some of them need to work more and show a lot more during spring training to earn that roster spot. And maybe this is the type of situation where Letke works out with the other pitchers. They see how he does during spring training. And if he performs well enough, then maybe they call him up and he ends up being a surprise pitcher for Boston. So it's the type of situation where can he provide value? Maybe, but I am not sold at all on that being the case. I just don't think he's shown enough consistency throughout his career. And the question also is, can he stay healthy? Because he has had some injuries that have slowed him down. So is that something that's going to be a factor here that's going to be an issue? Based on his time in Atlanta, he struggled. That's the most recent season he's coming off of. So that's the best we can go off of right now is what were his most recent performances. Not great. So I'm not overly excited about this signing. However, I would have a lot more of a problem with it if the Red Sox were banking on him being a big contributor in the rotation. I don't think that's the case. I think it's more of a triple a type of move somebody that they can maybe bring on to the active roster at the majors at some point but we'll see how this plays out consistency staying healthy and being able to maintain a level of competitiveness and fixing the control problems that he has those are going to be the keys for him to be successful so maybe the red sox can fix him who knows we'll find out but coming up we have 45 days until opening day and guess who was the best player in a Red Sox uniform to wear number 45? You'll find out. I know for me, I don't know a whole lot about cars or anything like that. So I need somebody who's really going to help me out when it comes to car parts. And eBay Motors absolutely has me covered for that. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. eBay Motors is so helpful. I've had nothing but great experiences with them, and I would be completely lost when it comes to my car if it weren't for them. So you absolutely should check them out too. Also, Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts here at Locked On and our national shows covering every league. It's very exciting. Nobody else has this. We're the only network who has a constant 24-7 stream where you can catch up on all things going on in sports. And you can now actually also find it on Amazon Fire TV. So check out Lockdown Sports today on YouTube or Amazon Fire TV and keep yourself caught up in everything going on in sports.
We are officially 45 days away from opening day. That is really not that long. It'll be here before we know it. Spring training always flies by because I always look forward to having games on my TV again, being able to watch baseball. And then all of a sudden, opening day is here. And we're still wondering who the opening day starter is going to be for the Red Sox. Originally, heading into the winter, Alex Cora announced that Chris Sale would be the starter on opening day, but now we know that that's not a possibility. So I'm hoping it's Brian Bayo. I think he deserves an opening day nod on the mound. So we'll see who they end up going with. I mean, they could go with Lucas Giolito, their newest starter. I don't necessarily think throwing him into the fire like that is necessarily the smartest thing in the world, but... The organization does know more than me. They're around these players constantly. So it also depends on who's healthy and equipped to start opening day. But I'd like to see it be Brian Bayo. But that being said, we are 45 days away. And in honor of that, we have to talk about a man who wore number 45 in Boston, is one of the best players to ever wear a Boston Red Sox uniform. Pedro Martinez, the best pitcher in Red Sox history, at least one of the best pitchers in Red Sox history. Just a phenomenal player all around. I mean, not enough can really be said about his decorative career. As of 2023, Martinez's record of 219 wins and 100 losses places him 10th highest in winning percentage in Major League history and 5th highest among pitchers with more than 2,000 career innings pitched. He ended his career with an ERA of 293, which is among the lowest ever by a pitcher with at least 2,500 innings pitched since 1920. He reached the 3,000 strikeout mark in fewer innings than any pitcher except Randy Johnson and Max Scherzer. He's also the only pitcher other than Scherzer to compile over 3,000 career strikeouts with fewer than 3,000 innings pitched in his career. His career strikeout rate of 10.04 per nine innings ranks sixth all-time among pitchers with over 1,500 innings. Pedro's an eight-time All-Star. His peak was 1997 to 2003. I mean, that 2003 Pedro was absolutely ridiculous. And even in 2004, he wasn't fully still in his peak at that point, but he was still very much competitive and nasty Pedro Martinez during the 2004 World Series run. He won three Cy Young Awards in 1997, 1999, and 2000, and was also runner-up twice in 1998 and 2002, posting a cumulative record of 118 and 36 with a 220 ERA, while leading his league in ERA five times and in winning percentage and strikeouts three times each. In 1999, Pedro was runner-up for the AL Most Valuable Player Award after winning the pitching triple crown with a 23-4 record, 207 ERA, and 313 strikeouts. And he also joined Gaylord Perry in the rare feat of winning the Cy Young Award in both the American and National Leagues. He recorded the second-lowest single-season fielding independent pitching in the live ball era, 1.39 in 1999. I mean, there are so many accolades about Pedro that you just can't even really talk about them all. It's actually really incredible to think about the career he had, especially when he was with the Red Sox. I mean, 
he means so much to Boston and his number 45 was retired by the Boston Red Sox in 2015 to show their appreciation for everything that he really did for this team. They don't have the kind of success that they had without him. He's just one of the best pitchers to ever do it. And if you're a Boston Red Sox fan, you'll always remember Pedro as just one of the best players to ever take the mound in a Boston uniform. And not to mention his work ethic. I mean, Batman had an absolute just fight in him constantly. Always wanted to improve. Always wanted to do the best thing that he could do for his team. And he was a true role model for the game. He has some very good memories in a Boston Red Sox uniform. Just is truly built for October, as people like to say. He had all the necessary tools needed to succeed for no matter what team he played for, really. But with the Boston Red Sox, he just never failed to bring us the best quality baseball that he possibly could. He was actually a focal point of the Red Sox 1999 playoff series against the Indians. Starting the series opener, he was forced out of the game after four shutout innings due to a strained back with the Red Sox up two to nothing. Then the Red Sox ended up losing that game three to two. And with the series tied at two games apiece, Pedro was too injured to start the fifth and final game. But essentially, neither team starter was effective. And by the middle of the fourth inning, the game was tied eight to eight. At this point, Pedro entered the game as an emergency relief option. He then went on to pitch six no-hit innings, striking out eight and walking three as the Red Sox won the deciding game of the series 12-8. to And then in the ALCS, he pitched seven shutout innings to beat the New York Yankees in game three, handing the soon-to-be World Series champions their only loss of the 1999 postseason. It's things like this that just made Pedro stand out. He accomplished things that other pitchers didn't accomplish, beat teams that other pitchers couldn't beat, and constantly stayed focused on his game and what he could do to make himself a better baseball player day in and day out. And that's what I admired about him, one of the best pitchers to ever play the game. And it's just very fitting that we are 45 days from opening day and he wore number 45. Truly the best Red Sox player to ever wear that uniform number. An absolute legend. I loved being able to watch him play. And, you know, it'd be cool to see more of him during games this year. Maybe he'll be around more. I love Pedro. Huge fan. Happy 45 day to you, Pedro, and to all those Red Sox fans out there. Not many days left until opening day. We'll see if the Red Sox can make some more moves prior to that happening. But whether they do or don't, as always, keep the faith. Go Red Sox, and I will catch you on the flip side. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.